Welcome to Win the Future, a podcast where we chat with folks who are tackling the most significant challenges our communities face today to make for a better tomorrow. I'm your host, Rep Roaster. This is episode number 22. Hello and welcome to another episode of Win the Future. I'm your host, Rep Roaster, and today we have a very special guest, Melissa Mzinski who is the lead designer and owner of MBM Design in Weathersfield. And Melissa, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you. Um, well, Melissa, let's just start by, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about um, kind of, I know circumstances changed for you as they did for so many during the pandemic, but um, you made a, a career shift recently and can you talk a little bit about uh, your story leading up to the career shift and, and what you're doing now? My background is in PR and communications. And for about nine years now, I have been also um, an interior designer. And um, in 2019, as we had talked about earlier, I had a major concussion that let me, um, you know, I was unable to work. I was unable to drive for a few months. Um, it was a really hard time in my life. I had to rely on a lot of people to just do um, the normal day-to-day -day tasks that I had always been doing before I hit my head. And um, I recovered at home all of 2019. I was out of work. And um, I remember walking around my house one day. I kind of had a turning a moment for me. And I had said, you know, I looked around my home and I saw all like beautiful artwork that I had in the home and the family photos of vacationing and the pillows. Um, and it's simple items like that in your home that we, we really take for granted that when you have nothing and you can't listen to music, cannot watch TV, read, or really even go outside, the sunlight and noise just aggravated the post-concussion symptoms I had tremendously. It was very hard for me to to really enjoy what I had. Um, so I remember walking around the home and I said to myself, our home is our sanctuary. It's our place that we recharge and that we feel safe and secure in. And for months I had really relied on my home to give me that comfort and relaxation to really heal from the concussion. And I said to my husband, um, if I can make a full recovery, I'm going to continue to grow MBM design into a flourishing design business that can really transform how people live in, in their home. Um, again, I have been an interior designer for nine years, and um, but it was never onto the scale of where MBM design is today in 2021. So um, during the pandemic, I, demated, I made a decision that I was gonna grow MBM Design and bring on additional staff and team members to help us get into as many homes as we can so that everyone can feel happy, comforted, relaxed as soon as they walk in their door. And I had no idea that eight weeks later, COVID was gonna hit and everyone was gonna be working from home. Um, and in and, and and home, honestly, 24-7. And then I started receiving a lot of calls from clients and a lot of people who said, listen, we have to homeschool our four children in our dining room. It's not going to work. We need to have a dedicated space. I, you know, I'm a mother, they would say, or a father, and, and, and I need a dedicated space to be 
working from home. Can you help me? And the business really took off during COVID at a time that, you know, most businesses weren't and businesses were closing. Um, so I looked at it as an opportunity to, to really help people design homes with functionality and purpose. And, um, and I've been doing that ever since. The phone hasn't stopped ringing. It's been a very busy, um, probably 14, 14 months for MBM design. Wow, that's incredible. So there's, there's so much to talk about and unpack there, but it's gonna to wanna to start with after, um, uh, after the injury you had, what are some of the key changes you made at home that kind of led you to to want to to the point at which you wanted to to move into interior design and grow the business? I you know I think it was the fact that there was no one that could really help me while I was recovering. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't read. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't get in the car and go for a drive with my family, even just to clear my head and try and relax. I couldn't have that motion, and I said to myself. Um, you know, it was a really, it was a low point in, in my life. And I made the decision to grow MBM design because I wanted to let, I wanted everyone to have an opportunity where they could have a home life that they felt proud to come home to, right? That they would open up the door and that they would feel relaxed, that they would look at the colors that they would have in their home or the artwork that they had collected, um, or just seating for enough for the family to all be in one room together in the evening. And it just resonated with me. And I wanted to be able to, to give that to other, other people. Um, I really utilized my home that year in 2019 as um, part of my recovery from the concussion. Wow. And then kind of in, 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 that experience and moving into um, growing the business, what were some of the challenges initially kind of in the pre, in that short pre-COVID window uh, in, in starting it up? So pre-COVID, well, pre-concussion, I was interior design, um, you know, working clients' homes as needed. And then, so that was kind of maintaining at a level, right? Yep. And, then the concussion happened, so it all dropped. It went to nothing for a year because I couldn't do it. Pre-COVID 2020, so probably like January and February, is I didn't face any challenges. I worked tirelessly um, day and night to be able to grow this business and be able to reach out to as many people as I could who were needing um, design services. I partnered with um, builders and architects. I really use those early years of, of PR and communication and determining how can I, how can I grow, um, you know, the team members and collaborate collaborator that I would work with. And then eight weeks later, COVID happened and COVID shut down the world. And, um, people were, again, people were home and, um, the challenge for me during the early months of COVID was everything was shutting down, but home renovation projects were still going on. Like I had a client in February of 2020 that already had their architectural drawings, the builder on board, they were breaking ground and he wasn't stopping. He wanted to continue with that renovation. So for many builders and designers and suppliers, 
the question came down to where are we going to get product? So all the years that I had been working with the same vendors of granite, cabinet, tile, you know, all of the, the, the people that would work on renovating our projects, they were closed down. So quickly we had to adapt to a new COVID friendly, if you will, vendors who remained open, who knew when their supply was coming in um, and were committed to getting the, you know, the job done. And um, so that, that I think was the biggest challenge is kind of restructuring all the business that I have been working with for almost 10 years. So with that supply chain piece, how did you come upon the vendors that you ended up working with throughout in making, I know that's such a pivot to have to make quickly, but how, how did you find those folks? Oh, a couple of my main suppliers that I would use closed down. So I quickly had to research all the vendors in our area and our clients area and literally called all of them to determine which ones were going to be open and which ones planned to be open and never shut down. So then our team developed this huge database of COVID-friendly suppliers who were going to remain open, and that was really our go-to. We had to build up the labor force who was going to execute our design project basically overnight. That's incredible. And then kind of shifting over to the client side, what are some of the like, if there are a couple of, of examples you can give, I mean, I, I know just personally having moved during COVID and putting together a work workspace, um, it has been uh, challenging to say the least. And I can't even imagine being an expert such as yourself. But what are some of the challenges that people have faced and and kind of the outcomes of of your having addressed those challenges for them? Sure. So a lot of the clients, again, would use their dining room as their office. Um, and then they were left with no dining room. So we really had to walk into the home and pretend that they had just moved in and that they were moving in on day one of COVID. And we had to determine which rooms we were gonna utilize for what purpose. And the challenge with that is there's a lot of money and time that goes involved in a renovation process. So we had to make sure that we were renovating these rooms and we were utilizing the way that we needed to, but that when COVID were to end, they could resume that space as they previously had. So I was in essence designing a room to serve two different functions, one currently for COVID, and then I had to design it in a way that it could be repurposed back to the existing purpose of the room, which was the dining room or, um, you know, um, adding a, a, a big bonus room over a garage or adding an addition on, we had to temporarily design the space for having all of your family members home and all of you working. Um, but then also, you know, a year or two after COVID, how could we repurpose that room back to its original purpose? So it was really a two-step process. And yeah, it was definitely, um, you know, it was a definitely out of the box thinking for sure. That's fascinating. So, so what do you, what's your kind of, pro, without giving away any um, uh, trade secrets, when you go into a room, how do you, how do you tackle that? How do you, what's, how do you look at that and go, okay, this is what needs to, 
be taken into account and this is what needs to go on. When I say if I were to come to your house and we were going to have kind of our design consultation, I would sit down with you and I'd like to know how you live, work and play and function and entertain in that home. I would want to know almost hour by hour, if you're home, tell me about your day. You get up in the morning, you go in the kitchen to cook breakfast. Where do you go afterwards? In what room and why? And how many hours are you in there? And what are you doing in there? Um, and so it's really what I call like the insight phase of interior design process is determining how the client currently lives and functions in that space, in that home, and what's missing. What are some design challenges that you want to be able to overcome? If it's limited space and storage, I want to know why you feel it's limited space and storage. And what do you plan on storing in there? Should we give you all the storage that you need? So, um, so yeah, it's really diving deep. And, you know, on a kitchen renovation, that's where a lot of hundreds of decisions are made. So I want to know, how are you cooking? How are you preparing for your foods? How are you storing them? Um, what type of meals do you cook? Are you a, are you a chef? Are you a uh, prepared meals and you're looking for quick and, you know, all of that? And do you love your juicer and your Instapot and, and all of that. Um, and how, how do we incorporate all of those pieces so that it's all not spread out on the counter, but that areas that can't be seen have a purpose for those items. When you're consulting with clients, what are some of the um, roadblocks that you hit with what folks are willing to do versus not, not willing to do? Sure, so it comes really down to like a scope, schedule and budget. So we go over the scope of the project. Are they comfortable with that? We start right there. If they're not, what do we need to add on? What do we need to take away to be able to get them in a place of that's kind of what they're envisioning for the home renovation? And then we look at a schedule. I have some clients that are realistic that say, okay, we understand it's going to take a couple of months or you know, eight weeks or so to gear up. Um, and we understand that we're going to be without a kitchen for a short period of time. And then there's some clients who have never done this before that really need some education and understanding can relate as to what goes involved with a home renovation project. And then the last one is budget. And I don't like to say the word budget. I like to use the word investment, right? Because budget has an end cap. So investment, I'd like my clients to feel that they're empowered into making the decision of how much they're gonna invest on this home renovation. So those three items, scope, schedule, and budget, can deter a design project from executing. Um, they could have, you know, um, a certain um, mindset of what the renovation is going to cost or how long it's going to take. So for me, is it's really important to educate the clients, but to also, um, you know, be extremely transparent and honest with how this renovation project will unfold. We're here with Melissa Musinski, and we will be back. Uh, right after this break. Win the Future is sponsored in part by Connecticut by the Numbers. If you're looking to learn more about what's happening and why, check out Connecticut by the Numbers, where every number tells a story. Connecticut by the Numbers goes beyond the headlines across the state. For Connecticut news that counts, visit ctnumbers.news or follow them at ctnumbers. And we're back from the break uh, with Melissa Musinski from MBM Design. And Melissa, I would imagine with, especially with the work in the midst of COVID, not only were folks looking for schedules that were uh, probably r rapid fire, 
Uh, but also it was, I, I would imagine it was difficult with uh, a different vendors specifically when you needed to do a build out of folks being just like very much strapped for time due to so much activity occurring in fields that weren't as much pre-COVID. No, you're definitely right on that. I had some clients who took on a huge, I had one client in Avon, huge renovation, and they were very nervous, rightfully so, about COVID. And they would not allow anyone into the home. It was a new addition, so that worked out, right? You didn't have to come through the main home. I had to source everything and make all final design selections outside on their patio. Or they would have to go in a room and we would open up the window and I would be on a ladder looking in because they were very concerned. They, um, you know, had some children with with asthma and, and other related uh, health concerns. So there was a lot that went into it. It wasn't just a client saying, hey, we have five kids home. Me and my wife are from home. We need this done right away. It was the fact of they were nervous, they were scared, there was uncertainty. Um, it was how do we not disrupt our children's lives even more? They're already home full time, never expected that. And now our, our home's gonna be torn upside down to try and, and live through a pandemic. Um, but with any, you know, with any design project, you can really help change the course of how everything unfolds by being a designer who is transparent, who brings clear communication, and that one that really has empathy and compassion for what the client is experiencing. Um, and and that, really, that really helps when a designer can understand what the client is going through because then the client doesn't feel that they have to justify the way they feel. And on that empathy note, um... How do you feel you've become a better designer or not even feel that you know um, you've become a better designer and, and, and consulting clients post going through your difficult uh, injury? Every day, and my clients can attest to this, is I bring a large amount of gratitude and appreciation for me even having the opportunity to com meet complete strangers and have them welcome me into their home and trust me with the ability to transform it to give them a beautiful home that they never thought was imaginable. And for me to be able to be in a position where I went through um, a, an acute, a concussion is an acute brain injury. And um, some people don't, don't realize that. And before I hit my head, I, I never had a concussion. I never knew anyone who had that. And I never knew the serious long-term symptoms that can happen from having that. So, um, for me to be able to get up every day and walk and drive and communicate and have an you know an eye uh, you know a eye to eye conversation and not getting dizzy or becoming off balance, which I used to all of 2019, um, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful and appreciative that I can come into someone's home and make it better than it was yesterday. Um, it, it like it feeds my soul and makes me completely happy. And 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 that's. Yeah, I'm just so I'm so grateful and appreciative. I really am. That's incredible. In terms of so so with kind of that in mind and with the consultations during and and going through the process of um, renovation with clients during COVID, in terms of taking into account uh, kids 
learning virtually and parents working at home and coexisting, what are some of the, well, I guess what are some of the kind of the staple things you address with that in mind? But also, do you have one or two anecdotes of something that was probably, I would imagine you encounter some very, not bizarre, but what most people would think is irregular situations that you've tackled for people. I agree. I think the biggest, one of the biggest ones was me climbing a ladder to be able to have a project team meeting with the clients when they were inside their house. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm on a ladder. Please don't let me fall. I'm just feeling better. Um, but I was like, I have to do it. So that was unique. And then, um, you know, we had to really sit back and figure out a project schedule, right? Because it wasn't just about what I needed to do and what my schedule was like, or the builder, right? We always look to the builder to be able to collaborate with us and identify a budget. I mean, not a budget, a project schedule. But we had to take project scheduling to a whole new level. We had to account for children learning, for, for lunch breaks, for recess, for, um, you know, testing, and also for clients who were, who were giving a presentation to their board of directors. And we would have to stop working for, you know, for an hour or two to be able to do that. So it wasn't just, it was not about us and our schedule at, at all. It was a, it was a dynamic schedule that had to include family, work, and school every day. But now with some folks going back into an office scenario, maybe once or twice a, a week, um, are you having clients now contact you to start to um, look at a change back? Or are you finding that folks are, are, are sticking to their current setup for, his, for, for a much longer trajectory? I think for the remaining of 2021, or at least to late fall, my clients are still home still working from home. The children are back in school, which is great for the parents. Um, so we haven't yet kind of reconfigured that because a lot of the children, we set up uh, playrooms and, and study areas that the parents are, are liking and they're liking to continue having that dedicated area for the children um, and that it's not, you know, all over on the kitchen table. But I think you know, I can speak for myself and, and other builders and contractors, but 2021, as soon as it was like New Year's Day, our phones have been ringing off the hook for people who still aren't going to be taking vacations this year and instead are putting that vacation money uh, into home renovation and putting in a pool. Uh, there's a lot of pool companies in Connecticut that are fully booked for the 2021 season. So it's kind of gone back a little bit, and I've said this before, to like the 1960s, right? Not that I was living during that period, but I have studied it a lot, and a lot of families stayed home, or maybe they would take one vacation and, and, and drive, right? Um, but they're putting in pools, they're expanding their outdoor living capabilities, and, um, and builders and, and designers are booked. I joke, I say, I say it to a lot of my friends, I said, I feel like I'm running an interior design hotline where my phone is constantly ringing and I'm so grateful for that. 
but it's like, hi, you have reached MBM design. If you want to renovate a kitchen, press one, a bathroom, press two. If it's an emergency and you need a pool overnight, press zero and we will be dispatched. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's really, it's really busy. Um, and the same goes for the real estate market. Um, the slow inventory and, and, and homes are selling before they're even listed a well over ask. Um, we work with a lot of real estate agencies in Connecticut, and um, that's definitely the case for real estate agents as well. Interesting. And what other kind of overall trends are you seeing that you think will will last post-2021 uh, that are as a, as a result of, um, of this unfortunate virus? So what we're seeing is multifunctional rooms. So years ago, we would have that formal dining room. That's not the case anymore. Clients are knocking down walls. They want breakfast areas. They want a dining room table that's in the kitchen that people can see from the reading area or a living room. They want to be around each other, um, but they still want that dedicated space for working from home or children who are still um, some are still remote learners or didn't go back. I have some clients that are homeschooling their children. So we're refinishing the basement. We're dedicating an area for homeschooling. So I'm seeing that. And, um, you know, as we had, we had mentioned before, uh, color plays a huge role um, in our mental health for our home. So you're seeing clients who are more concerned than ever with the types of colors they're bringing into the home because they're in their home all the time. So you have some clients who at the end of the day who are so stressed out with working remotely and homeschooling children that they don't want any bright colors. They want soothing, serene colors, blues, creams, whites, pale yellows, that's very important to them. And then you have some clients that um, are back at work and they wanna feel energized and recharged and they want some of that vibrancy colors in through accessories or lighting or paint. So you're really seeing clients taking an active role in the design process, which is something MBM design has always been about. I always want clients to feel two things and that's empowered and educated. I want them to feel a part of the design process. And now you're having clients that are on day one already like that. Um, so it's, it's good for a designer because we can get a really good understanding early on what the client is looking for and, and what colors resonate with them. Um, so that, that's a wonderful, nice, it's a nice thing to be able to see. What are some of the more interesting color choices you've seen throughout this that you probably wouldn't have seen pre-pandemic in addition to kind of what, what you had just mentioned? I don't know if there's been any different color choices. I have seen interesting furniture choices, right? Is um, people again are home a lot and they wanna think outside the box and, and get creative and take risks that they've never taken before because they're home all the time. Um, so you're seeing some really, um, you know, unique sectionals with custom fabric or you're seeing people who are saying, you know what? I always wanted a home to have this mid-century vibe and I want everything changed up. I'm home every day, Melissa. This is what I gravitate towards. I'm not playing safe anymore. I want you to bring it. So you're really seeing clients' personality come out more than ever before 
during the interior design process. And what's that like for you? I'd imagine it's it's amazing. I love it because I I there's no guessing game, right? Is we're talking every day, we're going over design options. They're really they're having the time to do it. They're home, they're understanding the process, they're coordinating with builders. I had one builder say to me, we had a client um, who's a plastic surgeon and his office was shut down for a few months last year. So the builder said to me, Melissa, I'm so happy he is home because every day I can give him phys like updates, walk him through the progress so that in the evening I can relax and be with my family. He can relax and be with his family because we're all on the same page as soon as we come in every morning. So that's been really helpful. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that engagement factor is incredible. I, I can't imagine how much that that it, that was enhanced by by the situation. Absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. And what? So, Melissa, what advice would you have for um, somebody who is looking now to to make a change to to um, to go in and, and figure out their design in a different way than they had thought to previously? That's a very good question. So I would start again with, I would ask them, when would they wanna take this project on? What is their investment for the project? Right off the bat. And then I would want them to spend a few days, before, you know, before calling me, of course, you know, a few days walking around the house and determining what works for them and what doesn't. And what are some must haves and what are some things they're not going to compromise on and get a good understanding of how they want to tackle this, this design or home renovation project. And a lot of clients that reach out to MBM design have that they have the inspiration photos of kind of what they gravitate towards, or they have a schedule because they're going to have kids in camp the months of July and August. So they want to tackle the bathroom renovation while the kids are away at camp so that there's, um, you know, they minimize disruption to the family life. So that those are some questions that are, that are, um, that are very important. Um, and a lot of clients are coming more prepared than ever before, um, which is wonderful. Got it. Well, Melissa, I can't thank you enough for your time. This has been incredible. And do you have any, anything else you want to add before we, before we go? I just wanted to say thanks for the opportunity to to talk with you and share with your viewers a little bit more on the design process and and how COVID has changed the way that we provide design and construction services. And um, you know now is a great time to to sit down with your family and say, is this how I want to live and function in my home? Are there things that we can improve? And if so, let's do it. Let's let's have the conversation and really become educated as to how this project would unfold and if it's even right for us. Excellent. Well, Melissa, thank you so much. And I hope to, I hope to kind of in a post-COVID scenario, have you back on to, uh, to talk about what you're seeing as design trends. And, and if you're willing to, we'd love to have you on frequently. This is great. Really interesting. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, yeah, I look forward to working with you soon. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Win the Future. Thank you for listening to the Win the Future podcast. 
sponsored by the strategic communications firm, A Better Campaign. Make sure to visit our website at abettercampaign.com backslash win the future. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you for tuning in. Please tune in again next Thursday for another episode of Win the Future.